Hello and welcome to the monthly Megabyte CEO Barometer. For those of you who don't know Megabyte, we're a research firm tracking the financial performance, corporate activity and strategic positioning of 2,000 of the UK's leading software, ICT services and digital businesses. The aim of this show is to summarise our research um, across all of those businesses over the last month, uh, looking at corporate activity, share price performance uh, and valuations. Of course, this is only just a summary of one very small part of, of the research we do at Megabyte. And the team over the last month has analysed some 180 different uh, results, trading updates and corporate, activity, um, corporate transactions. Uh, and as well as that, they have triangulated that data and desk research with some 50 conversations with CEOs and other senior directors of the companies we track at Megabyte. Obviously, subscribers can get uh, the detail of all of our research. Uh, the, the idea of this uh, show really is looking at corporate activity, share price and valuations, but there's a huge amount of detail around financial performance uh, and, uh, and the detail of results that have been out over the last month on the platform and going back 10 years. Um, subscribers can get, get access to all of that. Um, and I particularly wanted to highlight that the quarterly barometer reports the team has uh, just published um, a few days ago. Uh, these are our um, key pieces of research for us each quarter. We publish one report on software and digital platforms and one on ICT and digital services. And they both have a summary webcasts that go with them to summarize the key themes in those, in those reports. And I thoroughly recommend subscribers take a look at those. If you're an investor or an advisor in the sector, they give you a great overview of what's happening across uh, the whole sector. But equally, if you're a CEO and your, uh, your view on the sector is perhaps narrow into your peer group and your area of the market, they're fantastic for helping you understand what's going on in terms of the financial uh, performance of companies in your area, uh, what's happening from an M&A perspective, uh, and, and obviously from a valuation perspective as well across 52 of the uh, technology subsectors that we track um, at Megabyte. So I thoroughly recommend you take a look at those if you're a subscriber. If you're not a subscriber, we'd love to hear from you. If you think that the research that we produce might be of help, uh, the best thing you can do is, uh, is go to our website at megabyte.com um, and click the request a demo button and um, someone from our customer team will, will help you out. So over the next 20 minutes or so, um, I'm going to be, as I say, looking at corporate activity in the UK tech sector over the last month. Um, but first, before I dive into the detail of any of that, um, I wanted just to give you a few of the key takeaways. So while the end of 2020 was somewhat frenzied in terms of corporate activity and very strong share price performance, 2021 has started on a slightly more um, modest note, shall we say. Um, Share prices in the UK tech sector were down on average 3.2% in January, um, and that was an underperformance against the wider UK market, which was down a more modest 1.3% as measured by the FTSE 250. And uh, sadly, the UK sector, tech sector, underperformed the US again in, uh, in January, and then tech-heavy NASDAQ was up 1.4% in January and is now very substantially ahead of its, above its pre-COVID levels, whereas the UK tech sector is only slightly above. Uh, where does that leave us on valuations? Unsurprisingly, given the share price performance, valuations were down slightly across the board in January. So the overall EV EBITDA, current year EV EBITDA for quoted companies, um, as measured by our database, uh, was down to 18 times in, at the end of the month, down from about 18.4 times. 
When we look at that in the, uh, in the two key sectors we track, software and digital platforms was down to 23 and a half times current year, EV EBITDA and uh, uh, um, ICT and digital services was also down slightly, but down less uh, than software um, at uh, about 14, just over 14 times current year. So some steadying evaluations and share prices, our sense is, and I'll talk more about this in the outlook, that, that actually the outlook for valuations is, is, is pretty bullish actually, uh, but there's obviously been a little bit of a modest reset during January. Looking at the highlights and the key takeaways from corporate activity, overall a slightly quieter month in January, as I mentioned, we recorded 60 transactions on our database in January as opposed to 72 in January last year. Um, two kind of key areas of weakness in terms of volumes anyway, growth capital um, and, uh, and capital markets, and also slightly weaker volumes in terms of M&A. Uh, much stronger in private equity, as we'll talk about. Um, interestingly, in growth capital, although the volume of deals was down in January, uh, the value was up very substantially, and we're seeing a real surge um, in, particularly in the payment sector, for later stage venture capital fundings, really bumping up that um, that value of uh, of amount of, of money raised. Uh, and I'll talk about that as we go through that part of the show. Uh, in terms of uh, private equity, as I mentioned. A very strong period for private equity, more than double the number of deals. The volume's quite low, but as it always is with private equity, but more than double the number of deals in January 2020 in the month just past. Uh, January 2020, I think we were already probably starting to see a bit of a tail off ahead of the, uh, the obviously what happened in, in the spring in terms of the COVID pandemic hitting. Um, so the comps are getting easier in private equity, but nevertheless, we see a very strong level of activity. Interestingly, particularly strong activity in management buyouts and the bias in management buyouts was actually in ICT services, which is interesting because it isn't normally. Uh, so that's an interesting one. And we'll talk about the, some of the deals there which shaped that. Um, capital markets, not only were the share prices quiet, but actually there were no deals uh, recorded on our database for capital markets in January. I wouldn't read too much into that. Uh, January is always a quiet month for uh, corporate activity on the capital markets. We continue to believe that uh, that 2021 will be a bumper year for IPOs in the, in the London market, particularly in software and uh, digital platforms. Uh, and more broadly uh, on the outlook, some of you hopefully will have seen my post on our CEO hub a couple of weeks ago, where I argued that the conditions are starting to look right for uh, the possibility for a bit of a tech bubble to build up over the next, I guess, couple of years uh, across a kind of corporate activity um, and valuations. And a lot of what we saw in January this year uh, really supported that view in terms of the level of activity and valuations and so on, although it's been a little bit of a reset month, I guess, after very strong uh, end to 2020, as I said. I think the one key piece of the jigsaw we're waiting to see on, uh, we're waiting to, to hear about or see what happens is the UK IPO market, as I mentioned. We've seen a very, very strong IPO market in the US, as you will probably be aware. Um, not yet really a strong flow, steady strong flow of, of IPOs in the UK. So that's a piece of the jigsaw I think we will need to see before we can continue this view about a very strong period for uh, the sector, potentially leading to a bubble. So that's a quick overview for the key takeaways. I'm going to go on now to talk in a little bit more detail about some of the deals and valuations and trends within private equity and venture capital. So we turn to the detail of activity in the private equity and venture capital space. Uh, we can see there was a, actually a, a, a slight reduction in the volume of deals in January. We recorded 23 deals on our database uh, last month compared to 27 
in January 2020, and the delta there was really explained by lower volumes in uh, growth capital. However, as I mentioned previously, the real story uh, is not really the, the, um, the volume of, of growth capital deals, it's the value of those deals. And the value of investments made during January was threefold what it was in January 2020 with 400 million uh, pound deals, 100 million plus deals, three of which were in the payment space. And I want to just spend a minute uh, talking about that. So uh, Rapid raised 220 million, Checkout.com raised 330 million, and PPRO, uh, PPRO raised 132 million. So some really substantial money going into these later stage payments businesses, which are obviously a substantial beneficiary of uh, the acceleration of e-commerce during 2020, as well as being you know, a very strong part of the market anyway. And we fully expect that to continue. Uh, we've continuing got money going into earlier stage payments businesses, and, and we, we, we really feel like a number of these later stage payments businesses are going to be a significant part of the expected IPO um, uh, uh, purple patch as we think it's going to be in, in the London market as we go through this year, uh, particularly around software and digital platforms, and we think that payments is going to make up a significant part of those businesses as these later stage venture capital deals come through to IPO. And in another part of the market, just to re-underline that kind of that trend, delivery raised was the other was the fourth uh, 100 million plus raised during January with 130 odd million of, of new capital going into delivery ahead of what is expected to be its IPO later this year, probably in London, possibly in New York. Moving on to mid-market deals. Uh, seven deals in total, uh, more than double, as I said, uh, that January uh, 2020. And looking at the management buyouts, there were five, two kind of quite chunky deals in there, as well as um, three smaller deals uh, in, in MBO. Uh, the two big ones were Daisy, um, part selling down its DWS business to inflection that are reported a billion. So not really a management buyout, more of a carve out, but we, we uh, define the two as the same on our database. And, uh, and also a what we think was a £370 million um, um, buyout of a, a business called Cyclum, which is in the IT consulting nearshore uh, digital transformation space by uh, recognized partners. So that's another, another data point in the very strong digital services market. And we'll talk more about that when we talk about M&A a bit later. And it's interesting that we're not seeing too many um, software management buyouts at the moment. And I think this is probably the, the other side of the coin to the very, very extensive M&A we're seeing in, in the software sector with the large and increasing number of consolidators, Access, Iris, Civica and the others um, really snapping up a lot of the businesses that may otherwise have gone for a management buyout in the lower mid market. So I think we're seeing more ICT services in, in management buyout uh, and less software. And I, I guess that, that dynamic might continue for the time being. Um, on the secondary buyout side, uh, we, uh, we had two interesting deals, lower volumes on secondary buyouts in, uh, in January compared to the year previously, but a couple of interesting deals. Cypher in the HR software space uh, being sold down from LDC into ECI at we think about 125 million value. And probably the one I want to spend a minute talking about is ITRS in the infrastructure software space. TA selling down um, most of its stake uh, to uh, Montague at what we think was about a 400 million valuation. And th the reason I wanted to touch on this is because as well as a cracking business, and ITRS is, is, is a really strong player in its market, and we've been tracking that business for the best part of a decade now, the valuation on that deal is interesting. Bear in mind, when I talk about this, we're estimating the deal value, we're estimating the current year EBITDA. So we're estimates on estimates. But nevertheless, 
we think it's quite a uh, sort of a signpost deal on this on this on the valuation trend at the moment. Uh, going back to the piece I wrote for CEO Hub um, last month, when I talked a slight trite headline in 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 the piece talking saying thirty is the new twenty, talking about um, software multiples in private equity context, actually in a quoted company context as well, and. Uh, the idea being that you know high quality larger software assets in the private equity world and on the quoted market have been trading in the high teens 20 for for quite a while now really since around the mid part of last decade it's been fairly steady really feels to us like uh, there's been a, a quite a fundamental shift above 20 now now whether it moves all the way to 30 is different uh, different discussion and we think ITRS was done in the mid to high 20s EV EBITDA and that to us is quite an interesting signpost on this direction of travel that we're talking about, potentially to 30, but certainly um, a significant step up from what it was looking like pre-COVID. So that's a quick hand through private equity and venture capital, um, venture capital activity during January. I'm now going to go on to talk a bit more about what's happening in the M&A market. So in line with a uh, broad-based reduction in deal volumes overall last month, M&A volumes in January were uh, down slightly uh, on the previous year and down quite a bit actually on December, which was a bumper month, particularly for software deals. We recorded 37 deals on our database, M&A deals uh, during January. That was down from 42 in January 2020 and down from 46 in December, which as I said, was a pretty much a bumper month. A couple of key themes I wanted to bring out for you uh, in terms of the types of deals and the areas of the market that are seeing activity in M&A. Once again, enterprise software was the, the, the sort of epicenter of M&A activity in the UK tech sector. And a third of the deals we, uh, we registered last month were in this sector. We've got a kind of a, a, a growing dynamic of M&A uh, of large acquirers in that part of the market. We've got obviously the ones that have been going for some time, Access, Iris, etc., uh, all continuing to be very active in the market. But we've also got um, um, new uh, uh, acquirers coming through all the time, and I'll touch on a couple of those in a minute. In terms of the deals that were completed in January, Iris managed to uh, complete two deals in January, and other serial acquirers, Clearcourse and LTG, managed to complete one each. But as I mentioned, there are new uh, acquirers coming through. And, and what we're seeing across really the whole sector is the M&A playbook getting more and more popular with private equity across all parts of the market or very large parts of the market. So you're seeing businesses in enterprise software and elsewhere that may not have been acquisitive previously, um, but you've got M&A uh, deals going in, M&A investors going in, and then kicking off M&A activity uh, to enhance growth in those businesses. And two I'd pick out in enterprise software, in January, Mandata, and uh, and Calidus. Mandata is an LDC business in telematics and they acquired, uh, they completed their second acquisition in January and Calidus, which is in the Horizon stable, uh, that acquired uh, another business, its second business as well in January. So more and more companies adding to the to the, uh, to, to the M&A story in enterprise software and elsewhere in the sector as we go, as we go forward. The other interesting area, which is one that hasn't been particularly acquisitive uh, in the past, is IT consulting. The old adage of that the assets can walk out the door has always been a bit of a concern for uh, M&A, sort of consistent M&A uh, flow in the IT consulting area. But the, the sheer growth in that part of the market, the sheer structural growth drivers around digital transformation are, as well as making IT consulting businesses increasingly attractive to private equity, as I mentioned earlier, uh, they are also 
Uh, they're also engaging in M&A as those private equity investors are looking to bolster growth in this part of the market as well. And I'd highlight Sapphire Systems as a great example of that. That's another business in the Horizon stable that uh, Horizon invested in almost exactly a year ago. And uh, they completed uh, two acquisitions in January alone. So I think we're going to see more M&A in IT consulting as we are in most parts of the sector, driven by this private equity playbook dynamic. Um, so uh, I think that's just a very quick wrap up of what's going on in the M&A market in, uh, in the Megabyte universe. And now I'm just going to go on and wrap up and talk about the outlook across uh, corporate activity, valuations and share prices. So pulling together all the themes that we've talked about over the last 20 minutes or so, you won't be surprised to hear me say that the, the outlook for um, activity levels and valuations we feel for this year and beyond is very strong indeed. And you know, to remind you of these sort of three key uh, underlying drivers that just remain in place uh, going forward, you have the resilience we saw in the broadly in the, across the tech sector during the worst of the pandemic last year, turning from resilience to renewed confidence and now enhanced confidence. Uh, probably I would say most of the boardrooms across the sector more than pre-COVID. That combined with um, underlying accelerated digital transformation, I think we all understand the, the pervasiveness of that trend or starting to understand the pervasiveness of that, tr of that trend, which is then feeding the confidence in tech sector boardrooms. All of this underpinned by the proverbial wall of capital, which has only accelerated itself in the last few months uh, with uh, you know, almost zero interest rates driving the, uh, as it has been for years now, driving the requirement for growth to, to generate a return on money and new pots of money like the SPAC, special purpose acquisition companies that have raised $80 million now in the US, much of which, much of, much of which will be targeted at the tech sector, some of it in Europe. So the underlying conditions, those three uh, concomitant things that are just driving, uh, driving us on continue to be very much in place and, if anything, grow. What does this mean in terms of the different areas of the market, capital markets, private equity, uh, M&A? From a capital markets perspective, as I said, I won't repeat myself too much. We think a purple patch for IPOs this year. It, on top of dark trace and cybersecurity software, you've also got digital players like Deliveroo, TransferWise, Trustpilot, uh, PensionB, and we heard this month also that moonpig.com is uh, planning on coming to the market fairly soon at a one point mooted 1.5 billion valuation. So plenty of uh, commentary there. Uh, it remains to be seen whether it happens or not. We feel that it will, but until it does, we can't be sure it's going to. That These things can be quite fickle. And a really interesting point to note about this is that if we do get a, a significant number of these new digital, uh, digital companies, this second, many of them sort of, you'd call them, I guess, second generation digital companies coming to the London market. It's gonna really change the dynamic of what the market feels like because you know, most of the tech companies that we've, we follow, both in terms of software and ICT services, you'd describe as baby boomers or at best generation X, computer center, Aviva, Sage, um, uh, 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 you know, these businesses that we know well, Microfocus has been around since before I was born and I'm quite old. So. Um, you know, you're going to get, and, and but also the, 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 the more recent, the, shall we say, the digital trailblazers like Money Supermarket and Rightmove that are on the market, uh, you know, we're going to get a whole bunch of businesses that were founded post the millennium, which is going to be fascinating to see how that all settles out. So that's kind of one area that we think uh, is going to continue to be very strong um, and valuations feel on the capital markets 
Um, when I say underpinned, they feel quite frothy, but I don't see any for all the because of all the reasons I talked about earlier in terms of the, the those three main drivers. I don't see any any particular reason for them to be any weaker. The dynamic in private capital and M&A is very interesting. I mean, growth capital just continues to be a strong driver. We're seeing increasing flows of international capital getting involved in these very big um, late stage venture capital deals like some of the payments ones I mentioned earlier. And I think that's a trend that's going to continue. And the SPACs will get involved with, with any of this stuff, frankly, uh, early stage. Uh, venture, venture type deals, late stage private equity, and capital markets. They'll be taking companies. They'll be taking public companies as they did with PaySafe. So, uh, you know, you've got international capital coming in. I think one of the key dynamics in the sort of more traditional uh, mid market private equity is this uh, is this uh, uh, circle that could potentially be a bit of a vicious circle for private equity, where more and more, as I mentioned in the last section, more and more private equity deals are predicated. Um, the valuation, the high valuation is predicated on doing M&A at a low value and playing the multiples game. The more and more that happens, the more and more uh, it pushes valuations up because more and more people have to do M&A uh, and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I'm a bit concerned about that, to be honest with you. And I think that might be part of the bubble cycle we're starting to see. And I'm actually going to write uh, my in the first person piece on that topic uh, in a couple of weeks time to drill into what this really means for the industry, because I'm a bit concerned that this M&A frenzy is becoming a little bit unhealthy. So I'm going to be driving, driving into the more detail on that. However, despite that, uh, we continue to believe that across the three main uh, categories, M&A, private equity, capital markets, the outlook is very strong potentially into a bubble, um, and uh, nothing we've seen in January dissuades us of that view. So that's, uh, that's it for this month. I hope you very much hope you enjoyed, uh, uh, enjoyed our, our view, review of the sector for January. As I mentioned previously, if you're a subscriber, please go and check out the quarterly barometers. They're excellent. If you're not a subscriber and you'd like to talk to us, please get in touch uh, in the way I mentioned. Uh, that's it for this month. Look forward to seeing you again next month. In the meantime, stay safe. Thank you. Bye-bye.